Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that His mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, what we have here, that was me spitting chalk. What we have here is a failure not to communicate, but to submit. This is Wretched Radio. One of the most shocking sentences I've ever read in a book was written by Dr. Ted Tripp, shepherding a child's heart. He said the number one job of parents, the matter of urgency that you need to get on immediately is helping your child to submit. Why did he write that? I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, because it's biblical. Second of all, it does appear now it's a trend in our culture that submission is one of the worst concepts that colonialists ever concocted. Why? Because it doesn't mean I get to be my authentic self. I got to be me. That means if you tell me to do something, you tell me to not do another thing. I can't live autonomously. And that is my number one value. And if you try to step on it by telling me what to do, then you can step off because I'm me. Submission increasingly is an issue in our culture. And I have not one but two proofs of that claim. Number one, I would like for you to imagine, especially if you're young, I hope you will hear this. And I hope you will be persuaded, not through reason and logic, but through scripture, that submission, that by coming under other people, is a biblical concept from beginning to end. Everything about life, as a believer especially, is about submission. And the reason that it's crucial is, first of all, God commands it. Second of all, because the place won't work if everybody is in charge. If nobody submits, if nobody just does what they're told, then there's chaos and there's anarchy. Why is it a spiritual metaphysical law that a failure to submit leads to catastrophe because of the Trinitarian Godhead? That is how God orders himself, if you will, if I can phrase it that way. Father, he, Son, Holy Spirit, the Son, he submits to the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. In other words, the Trinitarian Godhead has an economic subordination. It's the way that the Godhead works. We're made in his image, and if we don't work like him, catastrophe. That is why submission is such a big deal. And I would say this to you, if you are on the younger end of the spectrum, and I'm thinking 30, maybe 35 or younger, you maybe didn't realize that messages have been sent to you, but they have been loud and clear. Don't submit. 
Do not put yourself underneath others' authority. Furthermore, so many of those messages tell you why, because they're either oppressive or they're idiots. Therefore, don't do it. And the, and the, the two people who are perhaps the most oppressive and the biggest dodo birds, according to the world, are your mom and your dad. Don't submit to them. Now you say, I've never heard that message quite like that. Yes, you have. You've seen it. You've seen it in Disney movies. You hear it in music. There was a song. I just heard another song. Oh, uh, 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 okay. I'm not sure. Jimmy, would you be so kind? Let's see if I, if I got this right. Bruce Hornsby. That's just the way it is. Would you Google the lyrics for that? Yep. Oh, I was sitting someplace and I could hear it in the background. And I thought, oh, that that's another cast off authority ballad. You, you remember Mama Cass? This, this was the song that got used in the Barbie movie. That you don't, I was going to say don't sleep in the subway. No, that, <laughs> that's Batula Clark. Make your own kind of music. Sing your own special song. You're amazing. Nobody knows better for you than you. That has been the message that has been ringing in your ears. And I would like to encourage you to put some stoppers in your ears and to joyfully accept submission knowing the son submits to the father. It doesn't diminish his role. It doesn't change his character, his nature. It does not alter how much we esteem and love him. It's the way things are. It's a spiritual, metaphysical law. And if you don't change your tune on submission, you're going to be kicking against the goads real hard, at least for a while, you're going to become very disgruntled. You're going to be very agitated, starting with your parents. And then it will be your professors. It will be your boss. It will be, it will be political leaders. How dare they tell me what to do? Jimmy, you got the Bruce Hornsby lyrics? I do. Let's hear it. Uh, standing in oh, line. No, 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 no. What? No, Just I'm not, sing it. No, I can't do All that. All right, fine. Yeah. Make yeah. everybody feel jealous. I don't want to do that to Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> standing in line, making time, waiting for the welfare dime because they can't buy a job. The man in the silk suit hurries by and he catches the poor old lady's eyes just for fun. He says, get a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. But you don't believe them. He said, hey, little boy. You- uh, wait, 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 wait. But don't you believe them? But yeah, that was the line that caught me. If I if I'm hearing that right, that's just the way it is. Some things will never. Don't you believe? Change things. Mm-hmm. Don't accept the status quo. Don't expect. Don't submit to those who have written the rules to date. It's your turn now. You got to do it your way. Any other lyrics in there that would indicate that? Maybe I'm making too much of the deal, but. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Mm. Here's the scenario. If you're a young person, you are going to apply for a job. You made it past the resume part of the examination, and you are going in for an interview. The individual, perhaps the, I don't want to use the wrong word, the person who sits at a desk by the door, 
because I don't want to be pejorative with those old-fashioned labels like secretary, offers you a cup of coffee. You're thinking, you know what? I think that I'd, I'd enjoy that. You then get called into the office. You spend time in the interview. The individual says, it's been such a pleasure to meet you. We'll be in touch. Shakes your hand. What do you do next? What are you thinking right now? Are you going to, what's your next move? Think about it. And then consider this little internet skirmish that's going on. There's an individual named Trent Innes. He's from Melbourne, Australia. Apparently some software guru guy. He was on a podcast called The Secret Job Interviewing Hack to Recruit the Right Staff. And he said that he escorts job interview candidates to an office kitchen and offers them a cup of coffee or another beverage before he moves on to questions. Candidates who don't offer to take their empty cups back to the kitchen at the end of their interview are unlikely to get a job from that man. Wow. Wow. Now, it's being debated. Jimmy, just so you know, that's not something we do with all of the people who are applying to all of our <laughs> career opportunities here at wretched.org slash careers. <laughs> but people are saying it's either good or bad. And I thought it was worth noting that it appears that the younger generation hates it. They think it's ridiculous. And there were so many comments. But I feel like it's weird to wash your own cup at an interview when you're a guest there. Um, I guess you could say you're a guest. You're trying to sell yourself. You're out doing business. You're trying to make an impression. And this type of mindset indicates, hey, they should be thrilled to have me. Now, should they? Yes. But your attitude going in should be, I'd be thrilled to get a gig so that I can work like a Christian is supposed to, so that I can eat because I'm an image bearer of God. I'm going to be the best laborer that they have. This type of attitude reveals that there's a role reversal confusion going on. If we're still in the kitchen, yes. But if we're in a conference room and I leave, and I leave, I'm not walking around the office again. I don't work there yet. Isn't online. This is, in my estimation, an example of the confusion about roles and authority. Younger educated women are less likely to change their names upon marriage, especially if they are educated. Why? Because they want independence. They want to be in charge of everything, especially themselves. The Bible says there are roles inside of marriage and submits to the husband. May I ask you a question, young person? Are you going to listen to what the world says about submission or the Bible? This is Wretched Radio. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1948, the World Council of Churches is formed as an interdenominational body promoting Christian unity and presence in society. Modern ecumenism saw differing denominations work together in spiritual and social causes, but also resulted in the watering down of Christian doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Two, three, four, this is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, do you remember the last segment? that we concluded we were talking about (laughs) a little test that a software guru applies to people who apply for jobs in Melbourne, Australia, offers them a cup of coffee in the kitchen. So they go to the kitchen so that they know where the place is. They bring the cup of coffee into the office. If when the interview is done, the person does not return the cup and, and or wash it or put it on the counter, they don't get the gig. (laughs) Right, right. And after the segment concluded, two, three, four, you said what? 
that's a toss-up. That's a hard one for me to wrap my head around. I get the sentiment, but I'm not sure that's... I don't know. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Hicks. Okay. Would you ever drive a Ford automobile? Would I ever? Mm -hmm. Yes, I used to. Oh, you? Wow. Do you know that Henry Ford, it was rumored, would take a candidate to lunch? And if they salted their food before tasting it, he wouldn't hire them. Why? <laughs> because is that not a personal preference? But but they haven't tasted it to know whether it needs salt. So I think it was like a thinking issue. Mm. If you just mindlessly add an ingredient, you don't know if that dish needs it or not. Okay, yeah. So you're going to do that in the workplace too. You're not going to think about. You're not going to test. You're not going to be aware. You're just going to do. So you're a bad decision maker. I think was Henry Ford's conclusion. Okay. Uh, that's a bummer because you know what? Do you want to know what I think salt needs? More salt <laughs> goes on goes on ice cream. By the way, do you know what really goes well on ice cream? This is gonna this is gonna unless you're from Italy, this will kind of go. Whoa, what are you talking about, Willis? Balsamic vinegar. What? Oh man. There are balsamic vinegar competitions in Italy. It is a big deal. And one of the ways that they taste it is on ice cream. Because a good balsamic, <laughs> my Ancilla. But even that needs salt. The point is, there are certain tests that employers apply to try to determine the thinking process. And the one that's gotten all kinds of revitalized attention, because this interview where this former CEO, I believe he was a CEO, used this hack for hiring, was recorded in 2019. <laughs> it resurfaced because kind of touches a button. Here's what one person said in response. I have to ask, do I want to work for someone who is manipulative and poorly communicates their expectations? That to me reveals an attitude that is confused about who has the authority who's running the place, and whether or not that individual will joyfully submit. This, to me, is an attitude revealer. Whether or not it's a good test, if you hire people, well, that is totally up to you whether you choose to use the coffee cup test or not. What struck me were the responses of this. I don't want to work for someone who's manipulative. Not manipulative. They're testing you and poorly communicates their expectations intentionally because they have an organization to protect. If this is what they're like during an interview, what are they like as a boss? Well, my question, I think, would be the exact opposite. And that's what this fellow is after. If you're not willing to clean up after yourself, what will you be like as an employee? What will you be like? as a guest at somebody's house. And so the job interview coffee cup test, you can debate whether or not you want to apply that. But my question is for you, especially if you are younger. Do some digging. Check your heart. Now, here's the reality. All of us have an inclination to not submit. That, that's, that's just our bent. That's our flesh. If you are in Christ, that's your old carcass saying, no, me, my, because we're all me monsters. We're all Captain U planets, aren't we? And we think that we know best in every single situation. Ergo, I don't submit to anybody. Uh, to that, I would say, as Christianly as I can, good luck. Good luck.
Because whether or not society accepts the the idea that there are roles of authority and that there's submission, doesn't matter. A culture that has structures will succeed. A culture that doesn't, it won't. No, it can't. Because this is the way that God has ordered the planet. The same thing is true with this particular study on women who don't want to take their husband's name. Maybe you've never considered why is that a cultural norm up to date, uh, till this date? Well, it's because we were informed mostly by the Bible and we actually believed Ephesians chapter 5 that the woman acts as a helper, which by the way, God calls himself. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, I think it's in John 15, 16. He calls him the helper. We're talking about here as a helper. And you don't hear the Holy Spirit going, oh, I'm not going to help. I'm running the place. Well, he is running the place, but he helps. Why? Because it is the way that the Trinitarian Godhead functions. And that is the way that we must function. And so if your heart is very resistant to the idea of submission, I would encourage you to figure out why. It might help by asking, has the world gotten in? Has, have, have, have I been buying Bruce Hornsby and make your own kind of music, philosophical worldviews? Am I an individual who joyfully submits whatever the context is in church? If everybody thinks that they should be running the place, we're just going to make the pastor's life even more difficult than it already is. I was just reading an article, by the way. We've, we've been seeing these studies. I think the Christian Post did an article titled The Great Resignation that the number of, like half of pastors are thinking about just <laughs> cashing in their chips and getting out. Because of the pressure that they're feeling post-COVID, it's even more, because it's always been, but it's even more because of these cultural issues. He's got a tough gig. And if we're all vying to be hurt, you've got to do it our way. You need to preach this series. Why aren't you running that ministry my way? Church won't function. Won't work. Can't work. Neither marriage. Neither will your career. No. It could be that we're going to have to see this kind of play itself out because we will discover eventually some of these things tend to correct themselves that everybody running the place can't work. <laughs> it won't work. And if you're younger and you can grasp this and not see it as an assault on your dignity, but the joyful role we all play, everybody submits. I'm telling you. Everybody has to submit to somebody. You say, not John MacArthur. Oh, yeah, John MacArthur, has to, he's, got, he's got boards. He's got elders. He's got a church. He's, he's got a, whether he's got car payments or a mortgage, we all have to submit. And ultimately, we all have to submit to God himself. And it is a very visible indicator if we fail to submit in our roles, whether it is in marriage, whether it's children with parents, there's another one. 
or whether it's work, whether it's in culture, well, then you're going to get the Romans 13 sword because there must be order. And if you refuse to play your role of submission in whatever realm that you're in, it is an indicator, an almost sure indicator of your lack of submission to God. That should terrify us, all of us. That's a scary thought. You have a test. This isn't like a pregnancy test seeing two lines. No, this is this is a surefire test. If you can't submit to people you see, it's almost certain you're not submitting to the God. Let's use this, all of us, been pointing a finger at younger generations because it seems to be an even greater issue. Please note I said an even greater issue. It's not a unique issue. This has always been the bent. This has always been that. Consider Absalom. His dad was a moron in his estimation. He didn't want to submit. He didn't want to play his role. So what did he try to do? Kick dad off of the throne. So this ain't nothing new, as Solomon rightly said. But I think it's even more extreme today because cultural norms are not normal anymore. They're being erased. They are being rewritten. And wow, are they coming up with some crackpot ideas. Don't listen. Don't go for it. You will advance. I'm telling you, not only do I believe it's biblical, not only do I believe that it is going to bring you joy in the the environment that you're in, but you're going to advance. You're going to do better. You'll, you'll, you'll be a better, you'll be a more valuable church member. You'll be a more valuable family member. You'll be a more valuable employee. Please search your heart. And if submission gives you the real heebie-jeebies, ask yourself, does that mean I'm not submitting to the Lord? That should get all of our attention. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a wretched news break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks, and we start today with the ADL, you know, the ever uncontroversial Anti-Defamation League. Well, CEO Jonathan Greenblatt's recently been exchanging some pleasantries with Twitter's Linda Yaccarino. And as a result, the public decided to throw a bit of a Twitter party with a hashtag ban, the ADL. Greenblatt says he's asking for just a small, tiny little pause in ad spending on X. And according to him, all of the pushback is just white supremacists having a field day. No other possibilities there at all, is it? Obviously, none at all. <laughs> Switching gears, the La Leche League, I think I said that right, who you would think were experts in all things motherhood, right? Well, they've decided to give mother the boot from their mission statement, the actual word mother. Now, La Liche, the La Liche League, is a breastfeeding community. They're all about supporting parents, families, and communities because, you know, semantics is the real solution to inclusivity. Because the semantics is the real solution to inclusivity. The benefits of breastfeeding, miraculously, still remain the same. And to Virginia now, where Governor Glenn Youngkin has finally, is that the word that I can use here, finally shown some mercy on Scott Smith. If you remember, this is the father who was voicing his concern over trans bathroom policies after his own daughter was assaulted in a school bathroom. 
Thankfully, Youngkin seems to be a fan of the outdated idea of parental involvement. It just took him a year and a half to actually pardon Smith. But at least he did. And now to Burbank, California, where the mayor there has graced the internet with a video of him being spanked by a drag queen. Yeah, that's all the rage these days, apparently, and it's all in a day's work for an elected official, especially one that advocates for uh, comprehensive sexual education in schools. It's just some family-friendly fun in the public school system of Burbank, California. Oh, and our neighbors to the north, Canada, they never seem to disappoint with their progressive minds. Now they're arguing that your child's identity is a privilege, not a right. Because, you know, parents are only good for what? Food and shelter? Certainly not guidance on life-altering decisions. And the way I worded that was probably a little bit unfair. I said now to Canada where they never seem to disappoint. And I may have worded that where it seemed like the entire country of Canada was on board with this. That's not true at all. There are tons of good conservative Canadians. And if I offended you with that wording, I do apologize. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Jude was the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote an epistle to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. He contends for the faith with a passionate and vehement attack against false teachers. When you want to know God's concern for the truth, Jude has 25 intense verses just for you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes. Yes, Jimmy is. What? Yeah, this is Wretched Radio. Once again, two, three, four. During the break, you said, what about submission? You think it's connected to? Uh, Yeah, so I think it can be connected to a lack of understanding for the Christian and uh, spiritual gifts. Meaning? Uh, Well, I mean, back to 1 Corinthians 12, I believe that we're all gifted in different areas of ministry Mm -hmm. to edify the body. Yes. And if you think you don't have to submit to others, are you gifted in all areas? Well, the question then would be, which came first? Right. <laughs> which, you know, I, I don't need anybody. See, pride is absolutely foundational to a lack of submission. You know better. You're, 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 you're a know-it-all. And so you refuse to because, well, that would be dumb in your estimation. So, Jimmy, I think that's just another manifestation of how a lack of submission plays itself out. Mm that you don't think that you need others inside of the body. This is the the issue of submission. It is a big deal. And I have a theory. Jimmy, you tell me what you think of this, because I am not a doctor, nor do I play one on Christian radio. But have you ever been to a restaurant and you see a family, they've got some little kids, and the parents are oblivious And the kids, they're tossing food, they're running around. Or let's just say, for instance, you're at a Marshall's store in Atlanta and you find a chair. Can I just, if you're in retail, can I just, can I help you with your business? Provide chairs for the men. 
you'll sell more stuff. <laughs> Go into these stores and it's like, well, I got to push some clothes over so I can sit on the display shelf because there's no place for me to just chill out while my wife shops or a Marshalls. And I actually, the chair was up on, it was actually up on a platform. It was on the display. And I didn't care. So I sat on the chair and there was, there was a dad, you know, at least the dad was aware the kids were screaming, but did he do anything about it? And at first it was cute because, you know, the kids are just being kids and we get that, but it's just goes on forever. And it's like, yo, pop. Oh, and what else do you observe about those kids that are out of control? They're miserable. So let's just say you're at Costco on Saturday. I made it out alive. That's a victory when you go to Costco. <laughs> I, went, I went to pick up a prescription. Don't worry. I'm fine. Went to pick up a prescription. And, and the woman said, it's going to be about 15 minutes. Here's what I heard from the pharmacist at Costco who told me it's going to be 15 minutes. Oh, you want me to go spend hundreds of dollars out there. Gotcha. Because that's Costco. You go wandering around. You're just in for it. You are, you are like a fish in a barrel at Costco. And there I was at the Costco trying to wander around and not spend any money. <laughs> And there was a boy who wanted something. And his mother said, no. And no tears, but lots of crying followed. And the kid jumped in front of the cart so that mom couldn't move forward. And then when she somehow finagled him because, you know, she didn't want to bruise Dumpling's ego, the kid, the kid finally went, <laughs> and then he's walking next to the cart and he shoves mom's cart, shoves the cart <laughs> and stomps off all red face without any tears. It was a miserable kid. Miserable. Let's bring it down a couple of notches. A dog that isn't under submission is a miserable dog. Do you know why? Because they're not meant to run a home. And neither are children. And neither, a, sorry for conflating the two, but neither a dog or a child has the ability to do adult things and run the place. And that means when that child or dog isn't under submission, they are miserable. Might it be the reason that we are seeing so many unhappy people today, just speculating, is a failure to submit and to accept one's role and to part of it might just be swallowing the pill but i was told that i can do all things through a bible verse misapplied or i was told that i was amazing i always got a ribbon and maybe you refuse to accept that the reality is most of us are leaving this planet with zero remembrance have you walked an old graveyard i mean an old one that we we love doing that. I, you might say it's macabre. I, it's, I, we just love walking graveyards because we love reading the stones. And you notice life expectancy was so much shorter at the beginning of the 20th century, the end of the 19th century. But oftentimes they're so old, you can't even read the name. They're gone. They're just gone. Nobody tends it. Great, 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 great grandchildren. They don't know. And if they did, they probably wouldn't even care. That's you. 
That's me. The Bible says so. Vapor. We're just dust. We're here today, gone tomorrow. And you say, well, that's a depressing message. I say you'll be happier if you accept it. You'll be happier because that's your, that's your role. <laughs> that's what you're here for. But we also can't forget the conclusion of Ecclesiastes. Obey the Lord and it will be remembered for eternity. That's what brings life significance and meaning. Not that I'm riding on a high horse. Not that I'm receiving the accolades of the world. Not that I'm in charge of everyone. But that I'm submitting to God, doing what he has told me to do. And that gets ushered into eternity with me. That gives me joy that is far more profound and profound and far more stable than thinking I need to run everything because I know best. I think that could possibly be a reason so many people in our culture are depressed. What do you think of that little assessment, Jimmy? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Right. Now, I do have one question. Mm -hmm. Do you walk graveyards at night? I could. You mm. What, what, what? <laughs> what do you think is good? Do you walk downtown at night? Yeah. Well, that's that's probably a worse idea, actually. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably every major city these days. All right, would you would you walk your neighborhood at night? Of course you would. I'm scared of the dark. Okay, then. I'm scared of what I can't see. So walking <laughs> a graveyard would kind of give you the shakes. Well, maybe not because I think there's ghosts or anything like that. But just because you don't know if there's like animals and stuff that come out at night out there. <sighs> That's, Are you not a Christian who packs heat? <laughs> no, I am. Not in, not in, New, not in Albuquerque. <laughs> so much for the Constitution there. Article from Time Magazine. Therapy isn't fixing America's mental health crisis. Isn't that an interesting admission? Now, it, it is an editorial, but nevertheless, it was printed at time.com that people are are not getting better despite the fact that we have so much psychotherapy these days. One in eight U.S. adults now takes an antidepressant. One in five has recently received some kind of mental health care. 15 million people since 2022 have been added to psychiatry roles. For the last three years, 2019 to 2022, use of mental health services jumped by 40%. 40%. And all we do in the schools is we talk about our therapeutic selves and making sure that we feel amazing about me. And yet, it's not getting better. All of the antidepressants that are, that are being prescribed aren't helping people. Suicide rates up 30% since 2000. A third of U.S. adults now report symptoms of either depression or anxiety, three times as many as 2019. Might I suggest this is yet another manifestation, uh, another symptom of a world that has walked away from God's precepts, all of them. The joy that is found in just doing what you've been told to do, not by a tyrannical boss, but by a loving, all-wise, beneficent, heavenly Father. Do this and live! Have an abundant life. It will be better. And if you're younger, I beg you, commit to it. What? Just go with the system, would you? It's worked for billions of people. For billions of people. You're cobbling. You've got a, you're applying something to navigate life. 
why, why not follow the prescription that God himself has given, including submission? Psychiatry doesn't have such cut and dry metrics, though not for lack of trying. Numerous NIMH research projects aim to find genetic or biological underpinnings of mental illness without much payoff. We don't have biomarkers. We don't have a lot of things that you would have in other parts of medicine. In other words, an admission, they're guessing. And we are seeing, because people are not applying God's precepts willingly, joyfully, because they've been given by a benevolent God who knows what is best for us, they're downright miserable. So I would simply ask you, I don't, I'm this, I can't say that this, this, this hits the target of your life. But if you're currently struggling emotionally, could it be you do the examination on you? I'll do the examination on me. Is it because of a failure to submit, perhaps primarily to God and his will? This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. And I hope you understand just how much we appreciate you for tuning in and listening on a daily basis. We really seriously do appreciate you. And we understand that we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do here at Wretched if it weren't for you. We hear from so many of you on a daily basis. And I got to say, the appetite that you have for the word is downright inspiring. It inspires us to want to reach more people all over the world with the gospel so we can help to get more people in the same place you are with a large, hefty appetite for the word of God. And we need your help to do that. We would love for you to consider partnering with us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner. All of the questions that you might have about this can be answered right now just by visiting wretched.org slash donate or texting the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? 
Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Lexicon. There are many words to help us understand the nature of the Bible. Words like sufficiency. The Bible tells us everything we need to know about God. Salvation, doctrine, and life. We do not need any additional revelation to know who God is and what He requires of us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hopefully you like equestrian sports because... We're going to ride this horse to the finish line. This is Wretched Radio. The issue of submission is one every individual should consider about themselves, examining their own hearts. But maybe, just maybe, mom and dad, you are inadvertently contributing to your child's lack of desire to submit. We've got to ask the question. Why is it that it seems the younger generation today, it's always existed, but especially today, is so resistant to submission? Every, everybody can buck against it. <sighs> don't feel, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do the job. I don't want to, that's just below me. That, we've all got that. But we used to live in a time where culture insisted, do it anyway. You, you don't like it? Too bad. Did you not want to eat food? Get to work. Stop acting like that. There will be societal pressure to get you to conform to a better way. Today, it seems less so. And we can point perhaps at Gen Z's and go, well, those kids, you know, there's nothing different in their DNA than was in ours. What's changed between this generation and that generation? It's not DNA. It's external factors, and I believe one of them, and it's a major force, is social media. There's just, there's just little question about that. Nevertheless, I can't help but wonder, mom and dad, if we are contributing to a mindset that's resistant to submission. A dear friend of mine, I'll tell you, God, God was kind when he dropped this man into my lap. <laughs> a friendship that has existed for over 20 years now. And I learned more from watching this man, perhaps, than I did in hearing him preach. <laughs> he was my pastor for an all-too-short season. But I, I, I learned from his preaching, but watching the guy, that was, that was the book that I enjoyed reading because he had a comportment about himself that said dignified, not snooty tooty, not like I'm now got to put on my tucks and tails to go have dinner. I'm not talking about that. He was a man who knew who he was in Christ, who knew that his eternity was fixed, that feared who feared the Lord more than man. And that's a study. And he sent me something that perhaps mom and dad might help you and me. Might help you and me. Yeah. Sorry, I was just, you see, some people have pronoun issues. I've got a different type of pronoun issue. If it's not the, if it's not the, <laughs> the right case, 
<laughs> it can drive me bonkers. This would be perhaps a mirror to hold up so that you and I can, grateful to you and me, maybe just maybe do some things that go against our natural inclinations. I think just as certain as it is that all of us struggle to varying degrees with submission, no matter what era you lived in, I think that there's a desire of parents to make things better for their children. That is a good desire. It is a good desire, but maybe, just maybe, if this list sent from my dear friend Highland is, is illuminating, maybe, just maybe, we have been making life too good for them. And I don't mean that they go hungry. I, I, I don't mean that you beat them with a rock. But just maybe you and I are more guilty of helicopter parenting or lawnmower parenting than we thought. So this is, this is from my buddy. It was in a newspaper clipping when he was about 12 years old. I have a feel I could be wrong about Highland. I see him at 12 years old cutting this thing out and going, yeah, this is something I'm going to hold on to. <laughs> How to raise a crook. Would you like to raise a crook? Last thing that I would like to raise. Well, maybe you're doing some things that are contributing to that. Give him everything he wants. They That way, he'll grow up to believe the world owes him a living. Now, this, please note, speaking of pronouns, this was back when we tended to use the masculine pronoun to represent both genders. Don't be offended. If you want to raise a crook, give him everything he wants. And we love to, don't we? If we can, we love. I didn't have that when I was a kid, and we could actually afford that. Let's do that. I never got to go fill in the blank. Let's take them. And that's our blessings. And the last thing I'm suggesting is we don't do nice things for our children. But you heard the emphasis. Give them everything that they want. Never deny them. Never have them go wanting. And what is the message that we send? I deserve everything. And anybody who way of that, including the corner office, including... Every activity, every restaurant that I think is best, well, I'm just not going to go along with that, with that program. Want to raise a crook? Never give him spiritual training. Wait till he's 21. Let him decide for himself. I've seen that sort of passive parenting. That is not what the Bible instructs. Train up a child. Don't wait and think they're going to just catch it. No. There is some of that, of course. You model, you demonstrate, you put Jesus on display through your activities, but you got to train, you got to teach. And if you're just waiting, well, we'll just see how they turn out. I, I don't think you're obe being obedient to God's command to parents to train up their children. Avoid using the word wrong. Might make them feel guilty. Schoolwork might suffer. Might have a low self-esteem. Now, does that mean we should call our kids names? No. Does that mean we should be mean to that? No. But postmodernism is telling your kids, for every time you say to your kid, hey, that's wrong, postmodernism tells them 10 times, they're wrong. You're always right because we're all always right. And a smart kid would go, well, that would mean my parents are right too. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Setting do. that like nonsensical worldview aside, <laughs> it's so easily deflated postmodernism. 
they're hearing a different tune. You're right. You're right. You're amazing. You're terrific. You're fantastic. What we would we would be going into whiplash mode, ricocheting from that wrong-headed worldview into a terrible ditch if we spoke down at our kids. Ah, you're wrong because you're dumb. No, not saying that. We're loving parents. But love says you're wrong. Nope, honey, you think you know a lot, but I know more. And, 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 and I, I've been put in this position that someday you'll be in and you'll understand better then. But this is the role God has assigned to me. So you're going to have to submit to that. Want to raise a, cro- a crook? Don't make him work at home. Do the work for him. Hire it so that he can learn to leave responsibility to others. One can't help but wonder if that is what, what was the statistic that we read, Jimmy? It was a, I don't know, a couple months ago. There was a big study that was done on Gen Zs and how employers are just furious at them because they don't work very hard. I think we even made a video about it, not to slam all Gen Zs, but to say, you work hard, you're going to do really well. Meg, you just work a little. <laughs> you're going to do well. The parent who removes all work chores, assignments, and I would even add this, I would even add this, done with a good attitude, not doing a kid a favor and could be contributing to this idea that I don't need to submit or do nothing. Want to raise a crook? Let him watch anything he wants. Let him learn from TV, social media, how, do you, how the world functions. You'll be raising a crook. And I would also say a miserable person. When we're not under like a dog or a child that doesn't submit to the owner or to the parent, oh, they're miserable. They're just, that's, what, that's one of our ongoing jokes. When we're in a store, which happens all too often these days, and we hear a kid screaming in the background, one of us will go, let me just translate that for you. Somebody please take control. Mom, dad, I can't run the place and I'm exhausted. And what's true of a child going to be true for an adult. How to raise a crook, give him spending money so he won't be frustrated by having to pay his own way. I think that these don't, 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 don't just go boomeranging. Well, I guess that would be returning. Don't go flying into the other ditch. All right, fine. We're never going to give him a penny. No, I'm not saying that. But be what, let him, let him do the things that God says that you're going to be doing. Submit. Do things joyfully as unto the Lord. Work hard. You don't get to have every single thing that you crave. You sometimes have to deny yourself. Finally, you want to raise a crook? Don't make any rules for him. You don't want him to get angry at you after all. Mom and dad, as Alistair Begg would say, you're reasonable people. You'll sort it out. Don't, 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 don't go to the other extreme, but maybe just maybe we should all be asking ourselves the question, have we participated in raising a generation and now generations that just aren't very happy? Until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>